Whether you're taking a rip down the lease road in your jacked-up truck or flying first class to Houston, Texas, it's time to sit back and relax for another exciting episode of Oil & Gas Onshore. This episode is brought to you by Tendeka, a global specialist in advanced completions and production solutions for the oil and gas industry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, Justin Gauthier. Welcome to this week's episode. We're here at Advanced Aesthetics in Oklahoma City with my man, John David Wilmon, technical sales engineer at Veril International. John, I got to ask you, do you go by John David or just John? John David. John David. Okay. Yeah. And the reason I ask is because Travis, who we obviously both know, right from the get-go when you got hired on with Alta Mesa, he mentioned you know, the new drilling engineer, John David, John David. And at first I thought it was like first name, last <laughs> name. And then I seen the Wilmon and I was like, this dude has like two two first names like yeah, so yeah. It, it's cool man i like it so explain it like is that well, is that like a middle name or how's no, that work? They, they say double names are a, a southern thing but i mean i'm from kansas my mom she named me john david she wanted everybody to call me john david so right even when i was at the air force academy it was parents weekend and my parents came up and my mom actually corrected one of the our commanding officers okay said his name isn't john it's john david john david so, man that's cool. i carry that forever <laughs> dude i i respect that i have a, a buddy's son's name is jean paul okay and uh, i think it's cool as shit so yeah, yeah. i mean i like it man anyway man how's the week going so far i know it's wednesday everything going pretty good yeah, for you so it's what? good man it's good it's my wife's birthday today so a big shout out to your wife is yeah, Britton Williman. Britton Williman. Yeah, happy birthday. Yep, yep. We have a baby coming in October. Wow. So October twenty third. Dude. Crazy also, times. That is, man. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, my kids, so my daughter was born October first and my son was November twentieth. So kind of around the same time. Do you guys you guys have any kids yet or no? I've, yeah, I have a five year old. Five year old. Okay. So a little bit of a spread there. Hey. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's exciting though, man. Yeah. We're, we're getting pumped up. We've had, you know, these these crazy dogs and and now we're adding another kid so just yeah a full house oh my goodness man so uh is it is your five-year-old a girl or a boy girl okay i have a three-year three-and-a-half-year-old girl and dude she is like a spitfire yeah it's like it's like i'm talking to a teenager and she is like if something doesn't go her way it's it's like daddy i'm not talking to you don't talk to me and it's like and and I, and I try to like take that and show her even more love like i don't i don't bark back because i know it's just part of growing yeah. up and girls are just like that so i'm like oh it's okay honey like you don't have to <laughs> i won't talk to you but if you want to talk to me i'm right here and then it's like she wants to see the reaction yeah so and then she'll like play hard to get so like the more like i try and like hug on her and love on her she pushes <laughs> me away but then if i show her like like i don't want anything to do with you like yeah. no and she'll be like oh daddy come play no nah, i don't want to then she's like oh but daddy i love you so much you know so it's like <laughs> it's like i'm dating my daughter it's yeah. like i gotta play hard to get man it's crazy bro i mean I'm, I'm trying to get there you know whenever my daughter shows that you know she's you know she's cooler than me then i'm yeah. like oh fine like whatever like i'm not trying to hug her and squeeze on her. i'm like all right whatever yeah i'll leave you alone but i need to get to where i'm more like in your face like come on you're gonna love me you're yeah gonna love me today. i'm fun <laughs> i promise i'm fun right yeah man girls are crazy and then the the one that you have on the way do you know if it's a boy or a girl it's a girl another girl yeah wow i think she's gonna have a double name nice cool yeah. why yeah. not you got any names picked out or is I, it i got a couple yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey you can keep it uh <laughs> keep it close to your chest man it's all good yeah well cool. every time i've mentioned names to anyone like they tell me all right this is why you can't name her this yes and so you know i'm just gonna go and tell you the story yeah a guy we know my old boss chris lane yeah you know probably the smartest guy i've ever met super sharp technical yeah. can't get anything past him yeah and also like i look up to him like we talk all the time and you know his advice is golden to me yeah and so 
got, took him to lunch the other day, and we were talking about names, and and I named him off. I'm like, well, there's Ruby, there's Collins, and there's Sage. And he was like, no, no, here's why. And he went through the list. <laughs> no like, way. You know, Ruby rhymes with booby, so you can't do that, man. Like, <laughs> you know, Sage, I feel like they'll be saying, next on stage, it's Sage. And then, <laughs> and then Collins, like, you know, they might be thinking that she's a boy or something. I don't know. And I was like, oh, Chris, you just ruined it. Ruined. Yeah. That's funny, yeah. man. He, he's totally that type of guy, man. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, yeah, and people, they'll always find you a reason not to do something, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, and he's not shy about anything. So no, no. that doesn't surprise me at all, man. Actually, I like the the name Sage myself. My cousin's name is Sage. She's a little okay. girl, just a sweetheart. But man, a huge congrats to you guys, man. Thanks, that's, thanks. Uh, that's exciting. How's the wife feeling? Everything been good? Man, no morning sickness. She's been good. She's been a champ. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, she likes to stay in her pajamas. Right. So uses pregnancy as an excuse, so that's great. <laughs> so, but no, it's good, man. It's good. That's awesome. So, man, welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. Do you listen to podcasts? Have you ever been on a podcast? I've never been on a podcast. Okay. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. I like what? your podcast. I appreciate the support, man. But some of the ones I listen to, of course, like all your serial Atlanta monster. Like okay. Those, those fun crime ones. Lately, I, I there's a Darren Hardy. It's called the Darren Daily kind of motivational Nice. Type every day. I listen to the flow line. Yeah. Listen to the Spears brothers on the drill down. I love yeah. the, their, it's short, sweet to the point, but oh, those yeah. guys are just, just slap full of knowledge. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I try to get Richard Spears on this podcast and I emailed them cause you know, you can like email their yeah, questions. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Hey, I'm so-and-so with oil and gas on shore. Uh, would love to have you on. I think you'd be a good fit. Yeah. And then I guess they have a third brother. It was something, something mm. Spears. Okay. He was like, "Hey, this is so and so. I cc'd Richard, but anyway, I tried to line it up, but but it didn't happen. So I, that's my goal. So if anyone out there has a connection to him, tell him, to, <laughs> tell him to respond to my email. Yeah. I'd love to get him on. But I almost talked to him at the drilling symposium in Oklahoma City, but I was like, man, I'm just too nervous. Yeah, I dude, just, he's he's an nervous. icon, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He does the in December. He comes down to Houston to the Petroleum Club and does his sort of his his projections for the next year and kind of yeah. recaps the the year. But it's neat, man. He always. You know, he's the type of guy that he could be on stage and it could be an hour, but he always has a, finds a way to to get the, you know, the audience involved and he's he's comical and, you know, but just very, very knowledgeable, has been around the industry forever, has a respect for, you know, the service side, obviously, mm -hmm. and, and overall just a great group of guys. And yeah, the fact that they do a podcast, I don't know if it was their idea or not, but it, it's a hell, hell of a podcast. So yeah. I got to give him a shout out for sure. Anything else other than that? Oh, man, there's there's probably a few. Yeah. There's probably a few other ones. I almost have to look at my at my podcast list here. No worries, man. You, you sound like you're a podcast buff man, like myself. I, I really like him. I'm I'm one of the only guys that I know, though, that doesn't do the Joe Rogan. Okay. I like Joe Rogan. You know, he's good. But I don't know if it's just because everyone was doing it. So I'm like, man, you know, I'm going to listen to some other ones. But there's Ben Greenfield Fitness. Yeah, I listen That's to really him. Good. Yep. I got into the Game of Thrones podcast. I just need. I'm happy that I don't listen to it anymore. What else? Craig Grishel, the guy that invented the Bible app, uh, the U version Bible app. He's okay. also the pastor at the church we go to here, Life Church. Okay, cool. he's got a leadership podcast. Very cool. It's awesome. I mean, he his last episode was with Carly Fiorina, and before that, he's talked. I mean, he's talked to a lot of really influential people, and he's just a really good businessman, really mm -hmm. good man. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's. Those are, those are probably the main ones I listen to. Nice. I'll have to check that out. I'm always looking for new ones. Of course, I got the staple ones too. A lot of them are health and fitness, some oil field related, some business. And same thing with Joe Rogan. It's like, I'll pick and choose, yeah. like depending if he has someone on there that I like, I'll, I'll download it and listen. One that I've been listening to recently, it's with Theo Vaughn and Brennan Schaub. 
Okay. They're two comedians. They are freaking nuts, man. So <laughs> I think it's called the this something in the sting, but it, it's pretty it's pretty good. I like yeah. the comedy ones too, because at first I was like, I just need to absorb as much information as possible. Yeah. But it's after a while, it's like I just need to like something that's just relaxing and that yeah, I can just laugh over, to. It's overwhelming. It is, I mean, yeah. Well, dude, on on the flow line, on the flow podcast, it's overwhelming to me too. Yeah. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. The viscosity episode. Yeah. I sit there and listen to it while I'm mowing the lawn. It took me two hours to mow the lawn. I re-listened to that thing for two hours. Just to try. And, and man, that's one of the best. That's probably one of the best lessons I've heard just out of, out of like going to school and reading books. But you two talking about the differences, you know, in plastic viscosity, fluid viscosity, gel strengths, mm-hmm. all that. You know, that was a, that's just a, a really good, some really good information. Cool. Or, you know, a drilling engineer or someone new to the industry or yeah. even that's been in the industry for a long time and wants to know more about it. Like, that's a good way to break it down and how you guys went through each one. So. Yeah. No, pr- appreciate the feedback. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of the goal because I started this one here with oil and gas on shore and our marketing team was like, you know, that's a great idea. We should, you know, utilize a podcasting platform to help educate whether it's customers, mud engineers, drilling engineers people who aren't, you know, familiar with mud. So we try and touch on on a lot of aspects. Some of it's real technical, but today we just interviewed, uh, that's why I'm up here too, is we interviewed Steven Seagrest. He's a drilling consultant. Okay. He was involved with the super laterals. They were drilling in Ohio. So we talked today about, you know, extended reach drilling, what kind of planning goes into it, what kind of, you know, engineering goes into it, but they drilled like 21,000 foot laterals. So like just super interesting. So with the flow line, we try and, you know, kind of touch on everything. So some technical, some interviews, Yeah. but again, it, it's neat to hear that. And, you know, we've even had a lot of mud engineers that are like, you know, I went to mud school. I've been in the industry for, you know, 15 years. And yeah, this tidbit you mentioned yeah. on whether it was ES or this or that, like I learned something new. And so, oh, yeah. It's what we like to do. And, and nowadays, you know, people are just sponges for information and, and free content is all over the place. So we're just trying to like add value to, you know, and, and kind of highlight like, hey, here at AES, you know, this is, you know, just, just kind of give an idea of who, who the people are that they're dealing with is the people behind the mic. And we know a little bit about mud. So hell, what can I say? Good. It's good. I mean, yeah. And as, as a drilling engineer, you're, you're not the subject matter expert, you know, on mud or on your drill bit or, you know, a, a lot of that. And I feel like some of the best guys I've learned from are, are the ones that, you know, have that in their background, have studied that, have been mm-hmm. mud engineer or bit design engineer or worked as a directional driller or, you know, and then they get their petroleum engineering degree or mechanical engineering degree or whatever kind of engineering degree yeah. they get to the industry. And, you know, some of the best guys I've learned from have been, you know, the Halliburton Slumberjay guys that go work for operators and yeah they just have so much knowledge and you're like how do you know that right how, who tells you these secrets when you're on the operating <laughs> side like i didn't learn this on the operating side and so right you know that there's a lot of knowledge out there from those guys yeah no most definitely so uh before we get in, into the weeds here i just want to take a quick break if you'd like to support the show please subscribe and do me a huge favor to take a few minutes and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to any feedback is welcome and appreciated good or bad i've had folks reach out to me and Tell me how much they don't like the first 10 minutes because I bullshit about stuff that doesn't matter. But hey, I welcome it all. Also, if you think you have a great story, idea for a show, or if you simply just have any questions, hit me up on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. So John, David, you mentioned having a, a kind of a unique story. So let's hear the journey of yourself and how you ended up here today. Well, man, I'm, again, I'm from Southwest Kansas, liberal Kansas. That's the Huguen gas field is out there. Yeah. We had Exxon, Anadarko. Conoco. I'm trying to think all the the bigger companies that have been op- operators in that area come and go. 
I've always been around the oil and gas industry. I grew up around it. My mom owned a water hauling and a water transfer oh, no service way. company. Yeah. And my grandpa owned a oil and gas service company. And my dad was a consultant for Oxy, Ensign, Jam Huber. So, I mean, always around it, but I just wanted to play football. So okay. I uh, got a scholarship to play at the Air Force Academy. Good for played, you, man. Played there. Yeah. Was good times. Good no times. kidding. Yeah. It was di- a lot different playing 5A Kansas football and going to play in college. Yeah. Where you're like praying that you get arm tackled. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. But What uh, position do you play? Running back. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I grew up playing football. I, do, I def- didn't play college because I ended up just becoming a, a roughneck out of yeah. high school. Yeah, I grew up playing right from flag football when I was like five years old all the way through. So I have a lot of love for football and, and, and some of the things that it taught me. But yeah, I always can appreciate folks like yourself that have oh, took yeah. it to the next level, man. That's that's huge, especially down in the States with the competition, the yeah. talent. Anyway, yeah, that's badass, dude. No, it, was, it was fun. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed, you know, the military aspect of it as well. And on my summer leave, I had about a two-week break playing in a beer league softball tournament. Mm-hmm. Slid into second, sped up with metal spikes. They went into the bag. I kept rolling over and compound oh, fracture, no. right ankle. Oh. So I was done. Air Force gave me a medical turn back, and which I'd have to wait a year, then I could go back. Well, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to wait a year to go back to school. So my dad said, well, if I'm going to have to help you get through college, OU is the only school I'm paying. Okay, nice. I was like, all right, sweet. Let's go to OU. Because, I mean, we're southwest corner of Kansas is only about – four hours away from Norman yeah, and, you know, K-State, KU, those schools are even farther. But we've always been OU fans, grew up going to all the games. Um, my dad's been a season ticket holder forever. So. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Went to – and picking petroleum engineering, I – man, I was on a golf course one day and some guy that worked in Alaska for Conoco said it's the hardest engineering undergrad you can, you can do. And I don't know if that's why I picked it. I don't know if it's because I was around it all the time. But I said, you know what? I'm going to be a petroleum engineer. And I'm kind of a glutton for punishment. So yeah. I was like, let's do it. Nice. Thank God I went to the Air Force before OU because that got me ready for all the schooling. Yeah, and, and yeah. Being disciplined and, and you know, knowing that when to show up, where to be. And, and life's easier that way anyway for me, like having a, a schedule and a, a blueprint. Yeah, of, I hear you. So did that. My first internship was with uh, Basic Energy Services out mm. in Drumright, Oklahoma. Well, the yard was in Cushing, but... This is my first oil and gas job. We get there, and there's no places to live. There's a place in Drumright that's in a. It's like an abandoned hospital oh, turned wow. into a hotel. Oh, I can imagine. Uh, I found this little room had a day bed in it. They charged me like 400 a month, and I worked on a frat crew mm. just as as one of the guys all summer. One of the best, funnest jobs I've ever had. No um, doubt, laying iron for a lot of small mom and pop companies out in the heat with guys frustrated fighting each other some, sometimes. I yeah. mean, just got to see it all. But right. it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot. And it's like, man, I, I got my first taste of the oil and gas industry. Loved it. Mm-hmm. And so the next year, I got an internship as a field drilling intern. And there were, oh, Simrex had 12 or 13 rigs at the time um, here in the Anadarko Basin mm-hmm. over by Weatherford and, and Watonga, just out there, western Oklahoma. And so I'd Went around to all those rigs, and this is, my again, my second job in the oil in the gas field. Yeah. And I'm out on Cactus 117, which is by that Devon gas plant off I-40. Okay. And there's a tornado warning. You see the giant tornado coming. You see cars driving into the tornado. What? Yeah. I told the company, man, I was like, hey, man, I'm, I'm leaving. I left location. And the tornado took out the rig. Bent what? the BOP. Ooh. The rig was completely destroyed. 
I get back to the, the house that I was living at for the summer. Yeah. And it was on Canton Lake. There's not a house. Just wiped right out? Gone. Holy My smokes. personal truck. I found my golf clubs. <laughs> but yeah, second God job. Forbid. So like going from uh, living in an old hospital or sleeping in a room that probably had dead bodies in it to- <laughs> No kidding. To a rig getting taken by a tornado. Like I'm, I'm all in now. Dude, like, that is hilarious, this. right? So, yeah. At that point you were yeah. like, yep, this is, this is for me. Like- yeah. <laughs> and, and going from the frack side to drilling, I love drilling. Mm-hmm. Wanted to be a drilling engineer. Okay. Why is that? Man, I just like the, the excitement. I liked working with the guys out in the field. I, I liked being out on location, working with the company man. And, and I like the whole aspect of so many different companies coming in to help you, you know, finish your project and, and drill your wells. I think mm-hmm. that's just so important and communication is a huge part of it. And I felt like I, I was a good communicator, a good leader, could rally everybody together for the, you know, for the, for the good. And yeah, that was probably my, probably the, the reason why I liked it the most. Yeah. And, no, and that makes and, sense. And it's, it's hands on, like you can, you see it happen, you get the well yeah. when it just starts and, and it's pretty cool. And right. so yeah, that was definitely why I wanted to go into that for sure. Yeah. Good deal. So you worked for them, you said, as an intern? Yeah, that was my second job was with Semrex as an intern. Right. And so, yeah, then graduated, went out to Midland. Uh, well, first first started here and on part of their training is you spend a, a year, year and a half as a as a company man mm-hmm. on a drilling rig. And nice. then another as a consultant on or as a company man on a uh, frack crew or on frack, frack jobs. Yeah. And so did that for about a year and a half in Oklahoma and in the Permian. And then went to the office in Midland. Okay. Was there for about three years. All those were Wolf Camp and Second Bone Spring Wells. And from there. Were they, they were all horizontals at, yeah. at that time? Yeah, yeah, all horizontals. Yeah. Got to start with a couple of SWDs. Cool. So, but, and, and that, like the way Summer Exit was pretty neat because you were a drilling and completion engineer. You didn't let the well go until you ran gas lift valves or ESP. Okay. So you so got to see a lot. A lot of, yeah. Yeah. You got to see a lot of it. And then 2015 happened and there was a layoff. And so I, from there, I thought to myself, man, like I was, I was leaving Midland cause I was moving back to Oklahoma mm-hmm. and I saw this big, oh, what are they called? Just a, a big sign off the side of the road. Like a, a billboard? billboard? Yeah. A big yeah. billboard off the side of the road. And it was, it said it had a you know oil rig in the background. It said, be essential. I thought to myself, man, like with the price is this low, like how do I, how can I be essential? So yeah, I sit there and I thought about it for a couple hours because it's a long drive home. And <laughs> yeah. Like, man, to be essential in an oversaturated market with drilling engineers, I'm probably going to have to go where nobody wants to go and do probably what nobody wants to do. Yeah. That's so, pretty good awareness. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up in Grassy Butte, North Dakota. Okay. There's nothing around there. Absolutely nothing. We were in the Teddy Roosevelt National Grassland. Okay. I had a buddy that worked for this company. He's like, hey, could you help me permit these wells and, and meet come meet the COO and the CEO and met those guys. And it was a small independent company. And they were like, Hey, come out here and, and do this recompletion. We'll hire you. Well, there, thank God that I knew vendors and had a bunch of good relationships. Cause I called them like, Hey man, I've never done a recompletion in my life. Like yeah. here's, here's the geoprog. Let's sit down or geoprog and the wellboard diagram. Let's sit down. Let's talk about this. Yeah. And so I met with like three or four people trying to get this together got a good program, went out there, did it. They're like, Hey, you want to come out here and, and work for us? So I was, I was like, yeah, let's do it. It's like, I got to get married first. Yeah. So I got married September 9th, 2016. And September 11th, I got on a plane back to North Dakota and didn't see my wife for 60 days. What? Yes. Dude, that's 60 day hitch. <laughs> not not to, to cut you off, but that, it's funny because I went, so my wife and I got married March 5th, 2011 in Louisiana. 
And then I went from there two days after I went to mud school for five weeks in Grandview, Texas. Yeah. So similarly, like our, my honeymoon was was in freaking yeah. <laughs> Grandview, Texas at a mud school and I didn't get to see her for whatever six weeks is. So, man, that's funny. I, I can identify with you, man. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. And, but anyway, keep going. I just thought that was no, funny. No, 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 it was good. Yeah, it was, a, you know, it was a good uh, introduction for my wife into the oil and gas industry. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> I had to tell her like, hey, this is the same thing about the Be Essential billboard. Like, you know, I'm I'm really trying to stay relevant. I don't want to go get my real estate license. I, yeah. You know, I want to, I want to work in the oil and gas industry. And yeah. so was out there, I probably worked there for a year and then got the opportunity to go to Amarillo for, it was a, a Russian owned company. Okay. And they were public on the Swedish stock exchange. Didn't know much about them. And, but I knew the, the drilling manager there and he was like, look, I, I want to retire soon. You know, I'd love for you to come down here, drill, drill and complete a couple of wells. And then I'm going to retire and you can, you know, have this position. I said, that's awesome. So that job was probably one of the coolest jobs I've ever had because it was convention, all conventional. Okay. Kelly rig. Oh yeah. Drilling to, you know, 4,000, 5,000 foot and you stake the well, you drill it, you complete it and you produce it. And I got to see all parts of it. Dude, that's awesome. And got to read the logs, got to pick the perfs, learned a lot. It was, it was really neat just because, I mean, they've been drilling those wells the same way out there. And this was in Hutchinson County, Texas. Okay. They've been drilling those wells the same, producing the same, forever i feel like yeah so got to be out there and that was close to to borger texas was the town okay so i, I lived in amarillo but i have to go to borger every day did your wife move out there with you yeah she moved out there with me what a champ i know i know <laughs> so as she's from edmond oklahoma i've lived here her whole life so yeah yeah that was she wasn't because when we weren't going to move to dickinson north dakota no that's kidding. for sure <laughs> Dude, that's a nowhere land. No, no, no. But no, re- really cool experience, really cool job. And then that's when, you know, Ultimacy gave me the call and okay. uh, I moved to Oklahoma City. And this this was actually the first job I actually got to live and work in the same place. Nice. In my, Isn't that like the best feeling in the world? Oh, man. And like, being with your cool. wife where she's oh. comfortable, where she's, you know, obviously got her home roots. Oh, yeah. The quality of life is, is it's crazy. Like, I, I mean, yeah, if I have to, I, you know, I'll go do the two weeks on two weeks off or yeah you know work in a different place i live you know but i'm spoiled now it's so nice <laughs> dude I, mean, I got a gym lifetime gym right next to my house yeah like, dude i'm right next to the city there's all these restaurants and and you know it's just it's i'm spoiled yeah it's, you know it's but there's something about when you're willing to do whatever it takes to reach your goals like you said put yourself where no one's gone before i always say you got to go through hell to get to heaven and it's yeah. like the, the folks that are willing to just take instant gratification and you know not take the risks and not you know challenge themselves never reach the level or if they do they certainly don't appreciate it like guys like you and i Mm. who have gone through that worked rigs worked in places been away from our wives whatever the case may be you know those are the types of people that make it to the upper echelons of you know whether it be business or engineering because your perspective and, and your appreciation for what you did that's led you to where you are is, you know, you, you don't, you can't learn that through just reading or just hearing about it. Like you got to go through it and you got to be when you're sitting in that shitty hotel, like asking yourself, like, what am I really doing with my life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause I've been in situations like that when I was 18 working rigs, you know, used to partying, playing football, you know, driving nice cars, going to restaurants, hanging out with girls to like hanging out with a bunch of rig hands in the middle yeah. of nowhere with no cell phone reception. And it's like, 
they don't care what you drive or who you know or what girlfriend you have. It's like either you can work your ass off and stay with us and we yeah. might give you a little bit of respect or you can just go back to your little hometown and play Nintendo. And it's like, yeah. of course, like I'm going to man up and be like, my ego is too big to just, you know, bow down and, and quit. So it's like, I got nothing else to do. Like I got to, I got to make this work and, yeah, yeah. and power through it. Yeah. You, you couldn't have put that in words any better. I mean, yeah. that's literally, I mean, that's how it is. I mean, if you can't block it all out and be focused and isolated in your, in your job, then, you know, it's tough to, tough to stay there it is it, it challenges you in the best of ways and it's humbling yeah. <laughs> i mean it's yeah. extremely humbling so uh you, you get to alta mesa you're a drilling engineer obviously you know unfortunate things happen downturn hits you end up where you're at now you know your technical sales what's it what's it like you know before getting into your your current role with here at vero but what was it like you know being obviously being real happy kind of on a high that happening and then now you're essentially selling services and, and, and bits to people that may not be as smart as you <laughs> like how does that like how do you manage that you know from a just, just an ego standpoint because any guy out there like I have friends like I told you who've done that and it's been extremely challenging so how, how do you navigate that man it's it's tough it's it's humbling and it's definitely making me a better person I'm handling it one one good way like you know you gotta have somebody to vent to you gotta have people you trust that you can talk to about it yeah you know, that's, that's just one thing you got to keep in your mind. Like, Hey, I'm trying to help these other people out mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. There's nothing wrong with calling someone. There's nothing wrong with visiting a rig. Like if you get on somebody's nerves, you can't take that personal. You don't know what's happened in their day. You don't know what's going on. You don't know anything about their personal life. Like just don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't take it personal, man. So that's kind of been my motto right now. Don't take anything personal and you just got to go with it. Just yeah. Go with the flow and then learn everything you can about your project. I'm a big David Goggins fan. So I have, yeah. like, I have an accountability mirror. Nice. And one of the things on, on there, you know, he looks in the mirror and, and every morning tells him that he's weak, tells himself he's weak or he's a piece of shit or whatever he yeah. does. And so one of my things is like, you're not a, you know, subject matter expert on drill bits yet. You need right. to keep studying. So, you know, I've been there for three months and just trying to learn as much as I can. That way, you know, when some, when there's opportunity where someone, you know, sends me their EDR data or wants to talk about what they should do or how to optimize a drilling program, like, man, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just, again, don't take it personal and be just be prepared for when your opportunity comes to, to help somebody out. Right. Right. So do you think, you know, eventually I'm sure you'll, you'll get back into the operator side or who knows you may not, but if you were to go back onto the operator side as a drilling engineer, does it kind of change your perspective on how you would plan your business or not necessarily plan your business, but how you would approach and handle dealing with service companies? Definitely. One of the things is you don't, you really don't know all the, you know, the service part of the service company, how many services they actually can do for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you definitely need to lean on them when it comes to what other people are doing. If you can, you know, who all can you work with to who's drilling the best wells? Like what I've learned is everybody's doing something different, even if they're right next to each other. Yeah. So you really got to use your service companies to find out like, Hey, who's drilling the best wells? What are they doing? How are they doing it? What tools are they using? What are the companies they're using? So yeah, I definitely will take a different point of attack, especially if I'm ever a drilling engineer in a new area I haven't been before. Yeah. Besides looking at through my own company's database, like, yeah, you really got to use your, your service vendors. Gotcha. Yeah. So obviously you got a ton of experience with regards to drilling. What over the course of like, even since a downturn, but is there anything kind of neat and unique with regards to either drill bits or directional any sort of unique technology that's kind of changed over the course of the last few years? Cause like I found that 
going through the downturn helped a lot of people. They, they essentially had to do more with less. You know, they were getting pressure from investors. They had to run lean. They had to innovate. They had to get more efficient. And and if not, that's fine. But is there anything kind of new to the drill bit world or anything that's like kind of revolutionary? See, I don't know how new this would be, but a couple of, I'm kind of going, going to go off on a tangent here. A couple of yeah. things that I thought that was really cool. I mean, before working with Altamesa, I never ran barrel at okay. all. Well, some of the, when I got to Altamesa, they're like, that's all we run in the vertical. We run barrel 616, eight and three quarter bit. And I saw this uh, parameter roadmap and I was like, man, how do they make those parameter roadmaps? And it had, you know, the UCS of the formation, all your parameters that you should be running in whatever, you know, formation you were at with the tops on it. And it was just so detailed and very helpful. I was okay. like, man, why haven't I never seen one of these with any drill bit company before? Yeah. And even with working with Simrex, like what, you know, no one's ever given me a parameter roadmap. And so, so what is a parameter roadmap? So basically you get the electric logs from the well. So the open hole logs, usually triple combo, your gamma ray, photoelectric, spontaneous potential, resistivity, caliper, porosity logs. And then you get your mud logs to, I guess, because with the e-logs, you can see what formations you're at, but like the mud log kind of proves it, you know, what road okay. you're in. And then you get the EDR data. So you can actually- What is EDR data? It's just your paste on top code. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you get that, your, your EDR data and you- put them all in a software they have uh, barrel has their own geoscience software and so they use it to you know look at the rock strength look at how what your weight on bit should be through this formation what your rpm should be and it helps identify hey are you using a motor that's run that you're running or a high speed motor that's you know too fast for a certain formation a certain hard formation are you getting a lot of you know abrasion on your bit it, it you know you use your use your dull characteristics the geoscience I just talked about mm -hmm. and the parameters that you're running and you kind of build a roadmap for okay. the company and how they you know, want to drill their wells. So I thought that was extremely helpful. And, and, you know, where it helped Altamesa is through the Topekan level, they used to, used to take them two bits to get to kickoff point. Well, when they started to reduce their, their parameters, reduce their RPMs through that formation, through those harder formations, it kept the bit from being damaged by abrasion mm. and, it, you know, able to get to kickoff point. Wow. So one yeah. run. Yeah, and that's, and, and I mean, what it all comes down to is, I mean, that's huge savings, right? Like trips, whatever. I mean, yeah. $20,000, $30,000 is, is nothing when you're having to make a trip. So if you're able to get, you know, extend your drill time on bottom, mm -hmm. shoot, that's money in the bank. So oh, yeah. that's pretty neat. I mean, I've heard the term roadmap, but I was just out of curiosity. I, I didn't really even know what it was, but yeah. I mean, they account for a lot of data and then you can obviously kind of stay between the lines and and hope that you make it to your goal. But do you think stuff like AI and, and automation, it, does that kind of all tie into that as well? Or Oh, man, I, you know, I, I don't know enough to say yes or no. No worries. Um, that, you know, the automation part, like, it's, it's awesome and it's kind of scary at the same time, you know, especially like when you're talking about directional drillers and putting in slides and, and you know, just all that, like one day AI can do all that. You yeah. Know? It's just, it's just crazy to think about. And that's one of the topics that I had a lunch and learn the other day. And that's what kind of what they talked about, you know, how AI will, you know, be taking the place for DDs one day. I was like, man, like there's no way. Right. There's, there's got to, there's no way. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't I know. you know, I, I think I tend to think that the future, that's the way it's going to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause more and more operators are getting more strict with regards to like safety yeah and it's i think the more or i say that like the less people they can have on the rig 
the better from a safety perspective, but you still need that experience to be able to like at least analyze the data to make decisions. But to say that, like you, like you said, like AI making decisions on when to do this, when to do that, I think eventually they're going to have enough data that like it's going to be able to compute that, yeah. which, which sounds crazy. But like there's even pe- like folks out in West Texas steering wells from Houston. Yeah. And this was like even a couple of years ago, I was talking to a drilling manager for one of the major operators out in West Texas, and he got taken out of his role and put into a role that was strictly focused on how to completely automate basically drilling a well from town. I don't know what, what the status is on that, but I think that's the future. And so, you know, it's it's kind of scary to think because like we we did an episode on the flow line about whether or not we think there's going to be like ever a point where there's going to be no mud men yeah. on the rig and like thinking about it, I'm like, there's no way. Like, yeah. cause like, someone's got to carry them sacks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Carry the sacks, look at the shakers, see yeah. what's coming across the shakers. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy, but we're in an interesting time just because, you know, as an industry, there's so much pressure from wall street and like mm. most energy stock is like, it's like just downward spiraling. Yeah. And so it's like, how can we leap ourselves into the future and still, you know, be profitable, you know, give returns back to investors adopting technology because people like oil and gas it's a sexy mm-hmm. industry and so yeah. you i think people are always gonna be willing to throw money at it and everyone you know wants the latest and greatest so i think eventually it'll get there but it's tough you know guys like ourselves like we you know we will probably see like we've been at the the sort of the tail end of the dinosaur age yeah. and we're probably going to see when we by the time we retire might maybe fully automated so seeing that full transition uh, it, it excites me man i mean i don't think it'll ever take our jobs like guys yeah. like yourself like yourself and me just cuz we have the experience but yeah there may not be as many people on the rig but they're certainly going to need people behind the computers geeking out looking at yeah, data yeah. all day i'm telling you yeah yeah <laughs> no there's i mean some of the technologies that i've got to see within Veril is really cool like there's a, a 3d 3d bit modeling that shows the bit to rock contact and like simulates the wear that you're going to see on that bit when you pull it which i think is crazy like how, yeah. how can they figure that out and like they, they, they'll show the image of you know a, a green bit and then next when it comes out of the hole and like the damage and then they'll show the real picture of what it actually looked like and you're like wow that's kind of similar like how the heck that's can wild. you do that in some software and some 3d modeling system like no kidding just, it blows my mind i wish i knew more about it so i could talk about it but yeah you know that Stuff like that is crazy, though. It, but yeah, that's that's what we all have to look forward to is things like that and 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 even more. Speaking more on the, on the just the drilling activity in general throughout the the midcon. Obviously, you had a good chunk of experience with Alta Mesa, but the stack and stuff like that. Like, do you see a lot of consolidation from operators? Being that like everyone, it's like almost checkerboard. Like you have some operators have you know acreage here, here, and here. Like you kind of see it out in the Permian right now. There's there's a lot of consolidation. Do you see that? happening at all a little bit i mean i i've been paying a lot of attention to it i mean i definitely see that you know different operators are drilling you know different amounts of wells per section and yeah there are lots of pockets like when you look at acreage and you see you know companies drilling right next to each other but yeah i just feel like the stack especially is there's just little pockets out there that people are hitting and when you talk about consolidation are you meaning like like how in canada and newfield or okay like chisholm and and gas star yeah 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 yeah. i I feel like that, you know, there's a there's a guy on LinkedIn. I think you follow him too, but he's he's always pushing that, you know, the companies are going to be consolidating and you're going to see a David lot of David Ramsdenwood? Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been predicting it. Yeah. And so like I'll read I'll see, oh, Justin Gautier like this guy. Let's see what this guy's got to say and I'll I'll read a little bit about it. So yeah, I mean, I feel like that is happening. Yeah. But, but yeah, the the business side of it, I just 
you know, I don't know the, the, the benefits and yeah, and no, I hear you. And I, I'm always just curious cause everyone has a little bit of their take on it, but yeah, it, I feel like it's going to be in like a lot of the just articles and stuff that I read. I feel like a lot of the, the midsize companies, cause you look at, you know, I read a lot on, it's called RBC Robertson's report. I think, hold on, let me pull it up. RBC Richardson's bar. It's basically RBC bank and they have a spreadsheet on it's 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 real time but it basically gives like EMP headlines and then it has the like stock indices so like all your majors your large caps your small caps and if you look at it like you go the percent change over the year it's like you look at the large caps like so that's got or so the majors you got Chevron Exxon Shell mm-hmm. BP for over the year you got BP they're uh, at a net loss of 12.4 percent they're an 8.5 for shell they're all at a loss and then you go to the large caps and it's uh you know you got folks like chesapeake and canna eqt down 64 percent, down 62 percent, down 48 percent. like it everyone's like yeah. how like how are you in business and so it's like a lot of these companies are just gonna run out of money you know yeah. what i mean it's yeah. it's and, and i'm i'm on a web this is public knowledge like i'm not knocking anything but the way that we're going to have to run the oil and gas industry, I feel like it just has to change. It's just because I don't think Wall Street's going to appreciate if you're going down, you know, 64% and, you know, even, even just 10 or 15%. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's just crazy to me. Now, yeah. you look at Tesla, they lose money like hand over fist and they're oh, still yeah. in business. So I'm no finance guru, but when I see red every single day, it's like <laughs> that is not sustainable. No, and <laughs> a lot of people preach you, know, you got to work within your cash flow. And so that's, right. you know, I guess, you know, maybe newer companies that come in into the play, like they can start doing that. But yeah, how, how it goes, I'm just kind of dumbfounded, you know, everything with Alta Mesa and, and, you know, some of the other companies in the stack, it's like, man, like, do these, are these wells making oil or are they not? Like what's going on here? So yeah, yeah, yeah it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I, I don't know the business side of it that well. I, sure. wish, I, I wish I did, Yeah, but yeah. That's yeah, all good, man. Hey, we got a long road ahead of us. One day we'll be able to <laughs> To put stuff like that on LinkedIn until the future. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, you know, aside from that, I want to ask you a few sort of personal, more personal type questions. Do you have any daily habits or routines that help you create a recipe for success in both your personal life and or your career? Yeah, man. There's a lot of different things. I mean, I, I don't want to just, I'm all over the place on this because okay. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I yeah. listen to, you know, some of my favorite authors are John, the guy that does Bar Rescue, John Taffer. Mm-hmm. Total badass. Yeah. Uh, David Goggins, of course. Yeah. Uh, His Hardy. last book was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, that I, I pick things here and there from from different people. But, you know, one of the and, – and the guys that are on your podcast, too, I, I, every time you ask them something about this, like, they always have really incredible answers. And so, like, my mind just goes everywhere thinking about this question because yeah. – you know, there's, there's so many things you could be doing, but Mm -hmm. you know, my, one of my favorites, favorite quotes is action reduces the line of terror to an ant of equanimity. Okay. So, you know, if you're, you know, ever doubting yourself or if if I'm ever down, if I'm ever like, man, like, man, this job sucks or, you know, life is hard. Like I just kind of laugh because, you know, it's not. Right. It's great. Yeah. It's an awesome life. And I have a weekly routine where I do these key behaviors. And so I have a spreadsheet and every Monday, I reprint that spreadsheet. I tape it on my desk, and I'll mark the things that I was supposed to do that day. Okay. Some days I do seven days a week. Some things I do, you know, three days a week. And I'll see how I did that week and tally up all my points. And I'll be like, man, you know, no wonder that was a bad week. Right? Yeah. Wow. So some of the, some of the things that 
Like I do, I even I even print. I think I printed out one of my lists here. Yeah, no, that is neat, it. man. I'm interested. Yeah, one sec. Yeah, no worries, man. Like here's just a so some of the key behaviors that I try to do is day start my day with a devotional. My best friend is a little brother. We do a devotional every morning. Kind of start the day off positive. Okay. What? So what would be an example of that? So the through that U version Bible app, we'll pick like a maybe a whole lesson, seven day lesson on hope or on. Okay. You know, any type, any type of on love, on just life in general. Okay. And so we'll go through the lesson, and then we'll write a couple of paragraphs at the end. Very We'll go cool. through those every day, so we kind of see, you know, what each other's going through. And he's an orthopedic surgeon in Newark, New Jersey. So oh wow, he's seeing crazy stuff all the time. Right. So so you guys get on on the phone, or how? Yeah, that work? yeah. You get on the phone, and, okay. and you just you can add your friend to the Bible study you're about to do. And oh then no, you kidding. guys are all three joined in there, and then you, you see your comments. So oh wow, it's it's great. So cool. Work out one and a half hours a day. That's yeah. something like. That just keeps me keeps me going, and, yep. and I change it up all the time. Like I got, I ran my first marathon this year. Good for you, I'm man. I'm gonna try to do an Ironman within the next year. Wow! I'll probably try to make it to the Boston Marathon. What? Um, so I'm running another one in December to try to qualify for that one. Don't know if it's gonna happen this year, but I'm gonna try. So we'll okay. Uh, Industry related article reading. That's huge with me because <laughs> I just thought when I graduated as a petroleum engineer, like. Man, I'm gonna know it all. I'm yeah. a petroleum engineer. No, <laughs> yeah. it is not like anybody else's responsibility to teach you, so you can grow as as an engineer. That is you, such a good point. Man. You have got to do it, and and I learned the hard way. I mean, you know that that be essential sign. I mean, I just keep going back to that because, you know, there was a lot of people that that didn't get laid off. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could look back now and instead of blaming someone, oh, this guy didn't like me, or oh, that guy didn't. No, it was me. It was me. I was leaving every weekend trying to get out of Midland and. And not super focused, and you know, I just didn't take anything very seriously. So that's you know, one thing I, I always think back, like, man, I need to read something industry related, cool, and and try to go to events. So that's awesome. one thing. Uh, read ten pages of a good book. I try to do that, you know, five days a week. And that's super important. You can listen to all the podcasts and and everything, but you know, you want to get in a good book, and and so yeah, try to do that. Eat healthy breakfast. Yeah, dedicated time with wife. That's a seven dayer. For yeah, sure. dude, that's yeah. huge, especially in our industry. And yeah. I was talking about that exact sort of topic with Stephen Seagrass this morning because I asked him a similar question, like, you know, how do you stay grounded with, you know, you're drilling twenty, you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three sixty five. Yeah, I mean, what? How do you balance that? And he said, like, basically, he said, like, oil and gas is not the rest of the world. Like, yeah. you have to disconnect yourself. Spend time with family, friends, socialize. He said, because mm-hmm. I got buddies that are my age, you know, in their 30s. You know, they they spend more time at the rig than they do at home. They're single. Yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, like, you're going to want more purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, like, drilling holes in the ground is cool. Yeah. And, like, you know, being part of the economy because you're helping, you know, down the line. But, like, you, you got to find something that's greater than you. Yeah. And, and family and you know, spiritual and everything like that. that. That all comes together. But it's interesting you say that because I, I couldn't agree more now with, you know, my kids and my wife. Yeah, it's it's extremely important. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's a few more on the list, you know, just little things. I empty the sink every night before I go to bed. Yeah. I know that's little, but it's it's just important to me. Like, hey. I don't want to go to bed if there's sinks in the, if there's dishes in the sink. I yeah. don't want to do it. Nice. No, but, I agree. I like that, yeah, man. Yeah, play with dogs, check finances, you know, just little things you try to do every day. And, you know, there's, you know, people say like, there's no blueprint to, you know, being happy or living a good life. And, and you know, there kind of is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're, if you feel like you're looking down at your phone and scrolling through social media or you're, instead of doing your job or, or not focused on anything, then like you need to put something positive in front of you. 
And yep. so that's why the podcast, the reading the books. I mean, you know, you've been kind of an inspiration to me too because you're putting such a positive light on the oil and gas industry. You love your job. The people you talk to love their jobs. And it's just really good to hear that even in the down times. Cause, yeah. Because this is a good industry. Right. Even if you deal with a, you know, a mean company man one day or yep. a 24-year-old engineer that makes you feel like dirt. Like, yeah. Like, dude, there are so many good things in the oil and gas industry in this world. Right. So don't take that home with you. Yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to the, to the most recent one that got aired with uh, Yusuf Chaudhry. Yeah. Yeah, that dude's a hustler. But we and him were talking about it. It's like, you know, not just thank God it's Friday, but thank God for every day. Yeah. I mean, we're so blessed. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to completely repeat everything I told him because everyone's already heard it. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, we are so, we need to be so grateful for what the opportunities that we have. I mean, we could be in, in other parts of the world where, where it's just hell is raining on us. And so, yeah, like the little things where you stub your toe, like last night, I almost cut my darn finger yeah. off with my, <laughs> with my daughter's food processing machine. You know, like you got to brush that stuff off because yeah, it's just, yeah. it could be so much worse. And it's so cliche, but I mean, you really got to sit down and, and just like, reevaluate sometimes where we're at and yeah it's just you know sitting here behind a microphone in a nice air-conditioned building yeah whereas other people are just struggling day in and day out yeah. and and not because they made that bad decisions but just because they were where they were born yeah, yeah. like and, and and you you don't get to choose that so you know that yeah i'm a firm believer and you know just do the right thing you know treat people with respect and uh god will do the rest you know yeah. what i mean it's uh it's exciting but no those are some huge nuggets and i'm sure the people out there you know especially a lot of the younger listeners because a lot of the folks that listen to podcasts are you know a little younger but you know it's things like yourself like you're talking about here man those are those are key you know reasons or key things that can help people set themselves up for success so i appreciate you sharing that man heck yeah Anyway, one last question I have is, is there anything that, that about yourself that not very many people know about, man? Do you have any like neat, un, you know, <laughs> secrets about yourself that you want people to know about or something that we can chuckle over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, I mean, one of them, I, I love to sing. Yeah? I mean, I love to sing. Dude, give us something. No, I cannot sing on this You just set yourself podcast. up, no, bro. <laughs> I cannot sing on this. But man, I love to sing. I love to sing to my wife. I mean, we when we call each other on the phone the way from from work, like yeah. we're not talking, we're singing to each other. Nice. Dude, that so, is that I know, love that, man. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. So, that's, you know, just something, you know, that's something I mean, maybe everybody knows that. Heck, I don't know. But well, I didn't, so yeah, I appreciate yeah. that, man. I'm going to bug you now every time I talk yeah. to you. I'm like, "All right, hit me with something." Yeah. So, well, good deal man well again appreciate your time thanks so much for coming on the podcast you know things are exciting you got you know, Vero, you're you know you got the world by the tail right now buddy so uh, i congratulate you and i appreciate your story and everything that you do for the oil and gas industry man because without guys like yourself working hard and you know breaking down barriers we just wouldn't be where we're at today so appreciate your time here now it's time for our sponsor giveaway Tendek is giving away a mini portable projector perfect for home theater boardroom office and pocket video for a chance to win, click the link in the show notes and we'll announce the lucky winners as they come in. I think there's been a few and I've just done a bad job of naming them. But for the folks that go on there and get it, certainly appreciate the support. And Julie, why don't you take a few moments and tell us about our upcoming events? Okay, before heading into the event on deck for July, I have a few OGG and announcements. We moved our happy hours to quarterly. And so the Houston and... Midland happy hour will be in sometime August or September. Be on the lookout for the date to be announced. And we are launching our Denver happy hour on August 29th from 4 to 6 p.m. All the details are below. And now let's move on to the events on deck. We have the Argentina Oil, Gas, and Energy Summit 2019. That's July 10th and 11th in Buenos Aires. The link is below. 
Then we have a happy hour coming up on July 23rd. It's the Intentional Networking Oil and Gas Happy Hour at the Houston Zoo. This is hosted by Equilibria, NOV, OGGN, and Flutura. And a portion of the ticket sales will be going to Redeem Ministries, a local charity to help human trafficking victims. You can sign up below. Next up, Mark, Jake, and Paige will be speaking at the 2019 IPANM annual meeting, July 24th and 26th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this year's theme is addressing operators' needs in 2019. Sign up below. The Desk, Derek, Desk and Derek Fort Worth second annual Shoot for the Future Clay Shoot is July 26th in Decatur, Texas. Sign up below. And last but not least, Summer Nape is coming up August 21st through 22nd in Houston, Texas, to where the deals happen. Awesome. Thanks, Julie. I also want to mention the OKC Fin Feather and Fur, which will be happening Friday, October 11th, 2019 at Heritage Place, Oklahoma City. It's relatively new for the Oklahoma region, so show them some love and go onto the AADE website or hit up Courtney Strang with Inwell for more details. Anyone out there in the Houston area interested in playing some oil field hockey, come join the Hack and Whack crew for some old-timer hockey. We actually do it every two weeks now just because the demand got so high. So if you ever want to come out, either have a cold beer or give your, you know, try your luck at some oil field hockey, hit me up on LinkedIn for more details. And if you're looking to get in shape for summer, which it's we're, we're right in the middle of summer now, but either way, if you, if you want some some just good health coaching or some good training, hit up KTX Fit in Katy, Texas and get a free trial by telling one of the coaches that I sent you. Again, thanks for listening to Oil & Gas On Shore. Hit up oilandgasonshore.com for more details. John, David, thanks again for joining me today. If the listeners want to either know more about you or hit you up for some questions or even a copy of your spreadsheet, because that would even certainly help me, man. How can they go about doing that? Man, LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, whatever you want. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, I'm all over social media too, buddy. <laughs> well, I'll put your LinkedIn link in the show notes. I'll also put Veril's link in the show notes too, if, if anyone out there is you know, needing some bits or just curious about Veril International. And again, listeners, appreciate the support. And that's a wrap. Always remember, when the density's up and the gas is down, open the choke. Let's go to town. Ooh-wee. Tune in next week for another captivating episode of Tendeka's Oil & Gas Onshore Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at oilandgasglobalnetwork.com. 